She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Certainly bipartisan support for avoiding a government shutdown. And so we're now trying to figure out the way forward. And I'll get back to you when I know. Yeah. To put a finer point on that, are you convinced that we will not shut down over Christmas? Yeah. Sensational allegations in the Steele dossier have not borne out. At least no evidence has come forward to uh, corroborate them. And in some respects, uh, the, uh, the, the, the credibility of some of these specific allegations has gotten weaker over time, not stronger. Now, Stacey Washington. Ah, welcome to hour two of the program. Today on hour two, we're going to be speaking to William Gein. He works over at Americans for Legal Immigration PAC. He's going to join us to talk about this whole border wall thing. And uh, why is this such a huge topic? Because it's important. $132 billion a year Americans are spending on illegal immigration. And it has to stop. And when we say that, it's as, almost as if we're raising our tiny little fists in the air at a huge beast. Like think some of the um, superhero movies that we've seen that are so popular of late where you'll have a tiny little person in a metal suit going up against a monster that just appeared from outer space from another dimension or another universe. And it's huge and it's mowing down buildings. And that tiny little superhero person has to do something about it. The only difference is we're powered by the Holy Spirit, which is not tiny and not something to be messed around with. We have the ability to see change in our country, but we have to do it God's way. That means we start off with what does God's word say and then pray without ceasing for him to bring his will to fruition here in our country. And then we have to vote. And in between the voting, because right now we're in between, there's nothing to vote for right now, we have to manage these people. That is our job. Now, uh, I saw old horrifyingly bad at his job, Jim Acosta, talking smack about Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her infrequent press conferences. And I just, my, my question for you is, you know, Jim Acosta, whose fault do you think it is that they very rarely have press conferences anymore with your old unprofessional self? I mean, do you really think it's Sarah Huckabee Sanders doesn't want to come up there and answer questions? Or is it that you have so tainted that room and unacceptably lowered the bar that there's really, why should she take any questions from you? Now you don't have anything to say because she's not taking your questions. And now you got nothing to say on your, you know, 80, 80 times a day. He's got his head up on CNN talking about nothing. I mean, he's really talking about nothing now because he doesn't have any press conferences to go to because he's a horrible, 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 horrible non-journalist. That's why. So here she is. She's talking about the president asking every agency to find money to pay for the wall. And you better believe the money's there. But he shouldn't be saying every agency. He should be going straight to uh, the budget office and saying to the, the bean counters, every line of appropriations for budget needs to be looked at. And reductions in every single agency have to be made, except defense. <laughs> reductions in every agency. And then go from there. And there will be awards and uh, promotions for people who find the most money for, to cut. And, and when I say to cut, we're talking about a permanent cut to the agency spending level. But you have to find cuts that do not decrease the efficiency. I mean, you want to turn 
the government into a cost-cutting engine, put some promotions and some incentives behind it. The, the, the Democrats would lose their minds. And I would be over here with my kettle corn that, you know, from Sam's Club. I would just be eating that kettle corn and giggling and laughing and just, I, I'm telling you, the, the, the merriment, it just can't be, there, there's no, it doesn't compare. You can't, you can't get with that kind of merriment that me laughing at government, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Okay, so let's listen to Sarah Sanders talking about the president and what it's going to take to get this thing done. It's number three. You know, at this point, the Senate's thrown out a lot of ideas. Uh, We're disappointed in the fact that they've yet to actually vote on something and pass something. So when they do that, we'll make a determination on whether or not we're going to sign that. In the meantime, we're looking at every avenue available to us possible. The president's asked every one of his cabinet secretaries to look for funding that can be used uh, to protect our borders and for the give the president the ability to fulfill his constitutional obligation to protect the American people by having a secure border. So we're looking at the other options. In the meantime, we'll see what the Senate does, and we'll let you know when we have an announcement on that front. Mm. Okay. And so then she went on a little bit further. Um, there were So this is a press conference she was having, and the reporters wanted to have two questions each. But the new rules for the press conferences from the White House press corps uh, that have been set up by the the White House say that if the person behind the podium, whichever press secretary it is, deputy press secretary, or if it's a uh, agency head, whoever's l- heading up the conference, if they say they're only taking one question, you're not permitted to go on and force a second question the way they've been doing before. If you do, it's grounds for removal of your press pass. I love the new rules. I love them. Uh, so here she is going on a little bit further in number four. Again, we want to see what the Senate can pass. Uh, they've thrown out a lot of ideas. They've yet to take a vote. Once they do that, we're, we're disappointed in the process and their uh, inability to put something forward. Once they make a decision and they put something on the table, we'll make a determination on whether or not we'll move forward on either a short-term or long-term friend and mm. And so the, the, there are ways around the intransigence of Congress. If the Republicans really want to see more of what they just got a little taste of, which is people turning away from them and not delivering the House of Representatives back to them because of unanswered promises, then they continue down this road of opposing the president on his core issue of immigration. Obviously, because I've seen comments from Ann Coulter, she came out with the flamethrower and she torched the president. She says he's, he's, he's not doing what he promised. And I understand where she's coming from, but he can't get this done on his own. Now, the government shutdown, he could, like he did with tax reform, he told him, he said, get me this number or we don't do it. And you have nothing to run on next year. And they did it. He could take that tack with them again. But there are other things that the president needs from Congress in between now and, you know, the the actual uh, 2020 resolution. You know, will it be President Trump again or will it be uh, Biden and uh, What's his name? Biden and Beto O'Rourke. A public woman grabber and Beto O'Rourke, someone who had, a, you know, driving under the influence, DWI, driving while intoxicated um, and left the scene of an accident. I mean, it's just, is this the best the Democrats can do? Oh, yeah. Cory Booker. 
a man who's now coming out and saying he's not a homosexual until he's elected. And then he'll come and tell you he's evolved on homosexuality and he's always been a bisexual. And congratulations for electing the first homosexual president. And the Democrats are all about it. If he can deceive Americans into getting into the White House, he will absolutely do so. And then he will announce that he is a homosexual. You can bank on it. Just remember his questioning of, I believe it was Amy. No, it wasn't Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, he was he was questioning an agency head about that person's revulsion at homosexual sex. What's revolting about it to you? What what is it? Does it disgust you? Why would he be so concerned about that if he's a heterosexual? More on that later. So uh, we'll go to the phones. Um, if you want to join us, 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. Um, here is Norman from Mississippi. Thanks for calling the show. Good afternoon, Stacey. How you doing? Doing fine. All right. Well, we want to, first of all, wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy holidays. Merry Christmas uh, to you. All right. I got a, I got a, uh, uh, well, it's sort of a question in a statement uh, sure. concerning the, concerning the border wall. Uh, here's, this is my theory. I, here's why I don't think that the president is going to get the money for the border wall. Uh, I think he could get it, but it would be at a price and a cost that would really, really hurt the budget. Because he could get it, but Democrats are going to want something really big for it. Uh, frankly, I don't think Republicans want the wall. And the reason yeah. why I say that, a bunch of them don't want it. When they had both, when, when they had both houses of Congress, they did not fight for it. And so I don't think he's going to get it for that reason. I don't think he's going to be able to get it from the different uh, uh, departments of, of the government because most of that money still has to be approved by Congress. And I don't think they will do it. Well, it's already I, I, he's talking about I'm, money I'm, they've already got in their approved line items. So he's talking about taking yep. money that that's already been approved yep, yep. and moving it to other areas. And that's something that the government does all the time without congressional approval. Yeah. But, but in order to, to take money that's already been appropriated for something and reuse it on most of those items, Congress has to approve it. I'm telling you. So I don't see how he's going to do this. And I think the mistake he made was, I think if he had just, promoted the wall and left the line out about Mexico is going to pay for it and just <laughs> said, look, we need the wall. We need the money to build a wall. We, I think if he had approached it that way and left Mexico out of it, because everybody knows that Mexico wasn't going to pay for the wall. So when you make a statement like that, uh, yes, there's a necessity for the wall, but nobody believes that Mexico is going to pay for it. So they don't take it serious. Well, there is a way for Mexico to pay for the wall. And that would be, you know, a tax on the remittances from here to Mexico. Our remittances comprise one third of their GDP. So there's a way to get it done. But you know what, Norman, I I, honestly, this, the, the entire discussion, you, the, the thing that you said that has, is the biggest problem is that 
the Republicans don't want the wall. So if the Republicans wanted the wall, it would have already been done. It's already been there's already been money appropriated for it. Even back when the Democrats were voting for it back in 2006, as recently as 2006, Democrats have appropriated money for the wall. But we're talking about the newer improved wall with the metal that goes underground and the 30 foot heights and the technology that goes with it and the extra money for Homeland Security and and, uh, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. That is the new twenty five billion dollar ask that the Republicans don't want any part of because they like putting up the faux wall, the fences, the stuff that people can easily scale. And Donald Trump is talking about actually securing the border. You're right. The Republicans have much blame to be received here on this. But the Democrats, we need 10 Democrats in the Senate to move any legislation on the wall into the the area where it gets on the president's desk. And the Democrats aren't going to do it because this is a core issue for them. Browning America is what they like to call it. But it has nothing to do with whether or not the people are brown. It has to do with whether they're here legally or illegally. Um, So, yeah, your points are well taken. Uh, Norman, thank you for calling the show today. Thank you for your time. Um, He makes some great points. You know, what's funny is. The same thing that's being said about the Republicans about the wall was said and has been said and bears reiterating today, which is they claim to care about legalizing uh, people who are here illegally when they controlled all three houses of the government, all three part arms of government. So they had President Obama and they controlled all of Congress. They didn't they didn't legislate for the DACA recipients. They didn't they didn't do any of that stuff. They waited until they were being tossed out. And in the lame duck session, they gave us Obamacare. They don't care about illegal immigrants. They just care about the issue as it pertains to a power perspective for them, maintaining the ability to win elections. Um, I got uh, just a list from um, the head of American Family Radio here. And we've had some really interesting developments of late. And I've been pretty upset about it, but I've been kind of keeping, you know, keeping it to myself, because I'm just trying to see where everything's going. Um, But put together, all of these are kind of frightening. Surrendering of wall funding by President Trump, pulling the troops out of Syria, which will further destabilize the region, the bump stock ban, which was also backed by the NRA, and Donald Trump, the State Department giving Mexico $5 billion. How? Why are we doing that? Fed raising the interest rate, which Dan Celia, a host on this network, says is completely unwarranted, which I thought, but I don't have any you know, background in that area. What's going on? All right, when we get back, we are going to be talking to you, 866-963-2037, and also listening to some audio from Representative Daryl Issa on Flynn's conviction um, and the possibility of it being overturned. Stay there. Here's American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Lynn Ingram and Jim Duncan, two Texans, support and believe in our ministry here at AFA and AFR. We know more about the laundry business than anything else. We know a little bit about a lot of things, but we know a lot about the laundry and dry cleaning business. They created a laundry detergent to sell to folks to support AFA. We just want to be able to provide a product that can be used by AFA to support the ministry. When you wash your family's clothes with Redeem Clean laundry detergent, you can take great satisfaction in knowing that you're supporting the vital work of the American Family Association. It's a unique way to increase your giving to AFA. 
For clean laundry and support of a cleaner society, it's Redeem Clean. Learn more about the Redeem Clean products when you visit redeemclean.afastore.net. Up next, Carol Swain with two minutes to think about it. From poverty to professor, from GED to PhD, a bold Christian speaking truth to power. Here's Carol with today's two minutes. You might remember when President then-candidate Trump said he'd help end the war on Christmas. He said things like that before, such as we're free to say Merry Christmas again, to which the mainstream media promptly snickered, referencing the so-called war on Christmas, as they like to call it. I think many people do feel free to express themselves about the wonders of this unique season. Yes, it's a Merry Christmas and not just a Happy Holidays. Interesting greeting, don't you think? Happy holidays. It's plural. Holidays. Yet we never use that greeting for any other holiday during the year, and there certainly is no shortage of holidays to be happy about. Ever go to one of those President's Day mattress sales and have the salesman greet you with a happy holidays or drive through a quaint little town on the 4th of July and amid the red, white, and blue decorations and flags, see... A happy holiday sign across Main Street, like at Christmas? Ironically, all the Christmas happy holiday greetings are due to a small vocal group of people unhappy with that one holiday. Unhappy or not, they won't change what Christmas actually is. God coming to earth for us. As John says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. To learn more about Carol and the Carol Swain Foundation, visit carolmswain.net. And make sure you follow her on Facebook at Professor Carol M. Swain and on Twitter at Carol M. Swain. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Well, he made a comment not long ago that uh, that they never would have gotten Flynn in a more organized administration. And now that uh, Judge Sullivan has made it pretty clear that they, in layman's terms, violated his Miranda rights, tricked him into not having a lawyer uh, when, in fact, he was not only a suspect but a target and they had transcripts. Uh, this kind of conduct we haven't seen in a long time. It's, it is the reason that uh, there was a Supreme Court decision on Miranda about informing rights. And I would not be surprised a bit that the conviction of Flynn is overturned because of the Justice Department and the FBI's misconduct. And that, in, in fact, we go potentially all the way to Supreme Court with new protections when the FBI and the Department of Justice lies to somebody and tricks them into making statements and then charges them with a lie that they entrap them in. Mm. Uh, what more do we need to hear? I, I think it's interesting that Representative Daryl Issa has broken this down so succinctly for us that because um, I've seen a lot of people say, well, the thing is, you know, General Flynn is a general and he ought to know that you just don't sit down with the FBI and lie. But the question is, why would the FBI encourage a sit down? And when he says, I'm going to have my lawyer present, they say, oh, you don't need your lawyer. This is just an informal chat. We just need some help with some questions that we have. So then the inference is, if you bring a lawyer to our informal chat, then you must have something to hide. 
you must not really want to cooperate with us. Which just goes to show you, anytime they want to talk, you need a lawyer. Whether you think you need a lawyer or not, whether they say you need a lawyer or not, no matter what the situation is, you need a lawyer. You need a lawyer. You need a lawyer. So he trusted them and they used the interview to trap him. This is classically opposed in our American system of jurisprudence. We do not trap people to get convictions. We don't have to. We have an investigative capability that enables us to get our man. And that is so innocent until proven guilty or entrapped, like he's in some third world, you know, dictatorship, you know, some pit. Which is it? Where are we, America? I think it's disgusting the way he's been treated. I hate it. And it's not right. So I mentioned that GoFundMe account and Lord have mercy. That's what we got to pray for is that these GoFundMe people don't ruin this. We've seen them do it before. This campaign is trending. If you go to GoFundMe.com here, let me put it, let me put the link. Um, I hope, I hope it's not a, it's something that you're not allowed to do on Facebook because you know how they are now. It's everything you try to do, they're like clamping down on it and putting little uh, Snopes links on all your, on, on all your posts that they don't like. Um, so here I have right here, I'm putting it up and, um, I want you guys please share, um, share it and make it, make it go viral it is the GoFundMe to support We the People Will Fund the Wall, organized by the Wall Fundraising Team. Uh, the guy's name is Brian Colfidge. Kolf- he has a verified blue checkmark Facebook page as a public figure. So he's, he's trying to offer up himself as, as a real person, not some bot or some you know, Russian plant or something like that. Um, and I'm posting this, Let's Get It Built. You can find the information on my Facebook page and check it out. What's interesting about it is that this whole thing, um, as I pointed out before, we, have, we, we already pay with our taxes. Um, we shouldn't have to pay again, but apparently enough Americans care about this. 14,999 people in two days have raised $925,000 the goal is $1 billion. That's what he wants to raise. And he's out of Miramar, Florida. If you've ever been to Miramar, Florida, it's lovely. It's really nice down there. Most people are donating between $25 and $100. I see a lot of $50 and $60 donations. Um, John donated $100 just two minutes ago. And uh, he says his media, he was on Laura Ingram, or he's going to be. I, I'm looking to see. Oh, 1220. He, uh, he was also on the Tennessee Star Report on 98.3 FM. He's going to be on Mornings with Maria on 1221. He has an official Facebook page. And he says the government has accepted large private donations before. Most recently, a, a billionaire donated $7.5 million to fund half of the Washington Monument repairs in 2012. Did you know about that? I don't remember that being, well, maybe it was a big story, but I just missed it. Um, He says, as a veteran who has given so much, he's lost three limbs. I feel deeply invested to this nation to ensure future generations have everything we have today. Too many Americans have been murdered by illegal aliens and too many illegals are taking advantage of the United States taxpayers with no means of ever contributing to our society. He says his grandparents immigrated to America legally 
They did it the correct way, and it's time we uphold our laws. Here's the quote that that is the most interesting in this story. If the 63 million people who voted for Trump each pledge $80, we could build the wall. That equates to roughly $5 billion. Even if we get half, that's half the wall we can do that. So $80 from 63 million people gives you roughly $5 billion, according to his calculations. Um, he says, how do you know it's not a scam? I have a public figure Facebook page, and I'm using my real name, my real information, and you can contact me and hold me accountable. He says, I'm a retired U.S. Air Force member who was wounded in Iraq and lost three limbs. I will respond if you email me. You also can go to his website, briancolfidge.com. I've been on Fox News many times. I'm a credible and real person. The Gary Sinise Foundation also built me and my family a home. You can do your research before donating and contact me if you have any questions. He says he's already contacted the Trump administration to secure a point of contact where the wall funds will go upon completion. Uh, so completion of the GoFundMe. And uh, he's going to update that, but he has high-level contacts helping. And he also has Stephen Palazzo, who's a Republican representative of Mississippi, introducing legislation to direct the Treasury Department to issue government savings bonds, which would allow us to fund the wall from that method. And there are other methods of funding on the table. He says 100% of your donations go to the Trump wall. They're working with a law firm on a legal document that will bind the government to using the funds for the border wall and nothing else. And they will hold off funds and not release a single penny until they have all legal aspects covered to ensure that the money goes only to the wall. And he says, we don't, if we don't reach the goal or come significantly close, we will refund every single penny. We're working on a time frame to achieve. Let's get this wall built and make America safe again. And in the picture, he's there with his wife and two adorable children, and he's in a wheelchair, and he has a part of one arm, and both of his legs are prosthetics. He has his um, kind of those like bionic legs and feet things, and I just think this is brilliant. I just I just like this so much. Like this is this is one of my favorite things for 2018. If I was one of those people who did a favorite things list, this would be on that list. Um, Okay, we have some time for calls. Uh, and and fantastic, wonderful. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Um, Diane in Mississippi, thank you for calling the show. Hey, Diane, thanks for calling in. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I've got a couple of statements. They're kind of off topic today, um, and just wanted to see what you thought about it. Um, I'm kind of new in the politics thing. I really didn't, never really listened to it, watch it on TV, you know, until Trump ran. And then I saw the craziness. So I was like, what's all this about? But just from observation, when Obama was in office for eight years, I really don't think he ran this country. I don't think he did anything without Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Diane Feinstein, and Chuck Schumer's go-ahead. Mm, I really yeah. just think they actually ran this country and he was just a mouthpiece. I, I kind of disagree with that. I think he was uh, very effective at getting his agenda done. And I do think he sat with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, et cetera, and 
and that they had legislative priorities and things that they worked on. But the idea that he wasn't in charge, if you listen to the things that he said when he was running, if you look at what he did when he was president, if you look at the way he lied to the American people, um, he was definitely in on it. I The reason I wouldn't say he wasn't running the country, the primary reason why I wouldn't make that statement about him is because then it absolves him of any responsibility for what he did to America, for, for his dragging the majority of the black population away from their Christian roots, lowering the number of people who felt like they needed to attend church, changing people's minds on what abortion really was and whether or not they could oppose it. He was devastating to the moral fabric of this country, and I will not let him off the hook by saying it was Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. It's him. He was responsible. Ultimately, he held the role. He was elected into that position. He was the commander in chief of the U.S. Armed Forces. He was in charge of our government, the executive branch. He largely directed and oversaw the movements of Congress through his work with Organizing for America and that amazing data list that he built during his campaign. And he changed public perceptions for the better of black Americans and marriage and for the worse for everything else. Uh, And so uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't let him off the hook. He's he's got to be held responsible. And, uh, you know, it won't be by me, uh, but I'm 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 holding on to that. That's that's a part of God's word I hold on to because it's it's the terror for me knowing that God will hold me accountable for everything. It, it puts the fear of God into me. And it also is what I hold on to because God is not a man that he should lie. He doesn't pick and choose who has to follow what his word says. He says, if you lead anyone astray, any one of these that are mine, any one of his people, if you lead them astray, you might as well have a millstone tied about your neck rather than deal with him. And that is what I have to hold on to with both hands. And I'm clawing at it and keeping a grip on it because otherwise none of this stuff makes sense. If there's no judgment seat and there's no responsibility for doing the things wrong in this in this life, then what are we all doing? What are we all working for? There has to be that God's word is true and that he will hold them accountable. Everyone, especially those who assume a leadership role and take over uh, you know, parts of our government where Obama literally was in charge of whether or not certain communities uh, were kept safe and, and whether or not they had huge numbers of illegal immigrants shipped into their communities, things like that. He's, he's going to be held accountable. He has to be. He was the president. We all will be. Um, so let's go to John in California. John, thank you so much for calling the show. Hello, Stacy. Praise the Lord. Hello, praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, I just well, I agree with you one hundred percent. You know, uh, the fear of God is the, is the beginning of understanding, and what we lack in this country is that, is that fear of God. A lot of our leaders, I was mentioning to your screener, you know, the cowardice of the Republican Party. You know, during the, the Obama era, and then as Trump became elected, even during that, that critical time when they need when when he needed the support of the Republican Party, they didn't give it to him. Mm. And like Paul Ryan, I mean, I can't believe they begged him. I remember you remember that right? They begged him to take the the, the speaker job, and uh, he did nothing to help President Trump. I mean, absolutely nothing. And uh, He's going to be held accountable, too, you know, but uh, I, yeah. I just don't see the fear of God in these men, you know, and women, but primarily I'll just say the men that are there, McConnell and, and Ryan. I mean, they, they if, if, if Donald Trump would have been elected, 
I don't know what, what would happen in this country. I mean, I'm not giving him all the credit because I know God lifted him up. I know God put him where he's at, and he's and he's made a way for him to succeed. And he is succeeding in the face of all this opposition. Uh, I see successes. I mean, a lot of people say, well, he's not doing anything, uh, getting anything done. Well, he's succeeding in exposing the uh, the sickness, you know, that's in Washington, D.C. Yes. He is. And you're right about him having some successes. And I, you know, I, I love to trumpet those, but it's just been a rough like week. Um, Five billion dollars to Mexico for what? Why would we give them any money? Or is that the deal that we made to keep the caravan people out? That's way more than fifty thousand dollars per person. I'll tell you that five billion is the same amount of money that we're asking for for the wall. Why are we giving it to them? This is just, it's enraging. What are we supposed to do to put a stop to this kind of stuff? All right, quickly, we'll go to Nelson. Nelson, thank you for calling the show. You have about like less than a minute to make your, uh, to make your comment, so make it pithy. Uh, okay. Hi. I want to say I appreciate you and your, your godly, um, um, sassy viewpoint on the way things are. Uh, my suggestion to put some pressure on these crooked anti-American politicians that are in office is have buses at the border load up all the illegals. And since these guys, most of them live in um, gated communities, walled communities, bus these people to their uh, facilities, to their homes, and just say, get off the bus. There's your new home. Have fun. Enjoy. It would it would definitely change their minds, wouldn't it, Nelson? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, these I people so. would be suddenly against <laughs> illegal immigration. They had that many illegal immigrants right. in their neighborhoods on those beautiful. You you've seen the pictures. the 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 gated community. Yeah. When you go in, you go inside, and it's like you've left the whatever town you're in. You leave behind blowing trash and you know roads that aren't perfectly laid. And you get in there, and it's like all the roads are like butter. And the sidewalks are just so, and the grass is just so, and everyone's yards are blown off. There's not a leaf blowing, and the landscaping is fantastic. Even the people seem taller and thinner and prettier inside the gated community. Now, you know, if you live there, more power to you. You know, do you do you. But take some illegal immigrants if you're for it. I mean, take some inside the gates. Great suggestion. All right, when we get back, we're going to be speaking to William Gein. He is from Alipac, Americans for Legal Immigration Pack. Stay right there. This is Just a Minute with Stacey Washington. We live in tumultuous times. 24-hour-a-day news reports broadcast evil running amok, and it can make us fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and a sound mind. The sound mind part is our focus here. God calls us as His people to a life of prayer. Instead of giving in to fear, we are to take every thought captive and submit our request to God, our shelter and ever-present help in time of trouble. Each circumstance that we face is an opportunity to rely on God and offer our problems up for His solution. This isn't a platitude. It's a lifestyle that yields tangible results. 
We have peace in knowing that the ultimate power is operating on our behalf. When we pray, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God knows your needs. Let Him answer your prayers. I'm Stacy Washington. Find out more at StacyOnTheRight.com. Coming next week on The Dwelling Place. Pastor Al Pittman continues to walk us through the Bible line by line and verse by verse to let God show us just how timeless His truth is. That's next week on The Dwelling Place. It's time for truth to be unveiled. It's time to get back to God with Pastor Dexter Sanders on Urban Family Talk. Awakening and empowering everyday people to impact the world. Discovering who we are and whose we are by the Word of God. Join Pastor D each weekday at 4 o'clock Central on Urban Family Talk. And let's get... possibility at www.radiance.life. Follow us on Twitter at Life Has Purpose. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Welcome back to the program. It's my pleasure to be with you uh, and on, is today Wednesday? Uh, you know, I lose track of the days because there's so much going on. It is Wednesday, and this is just another great day for us to have an expert on to talk to us about the real the real ins and outs of this whole uh, wall funding, immigration, the, the amnesty that the Democrats will ultimately try to slide in, even though the lame duck session belongs to the Republicans. They don't care. They're always about their agenda. So it's my pleasure to welcome William Gein. He is with Americans for Legal Immigration PAC, and uh, thank you, William, for joining the show today. Hey, I forget which day it is, too, this close to Christmas. I know. <laughs> running out of days to mail stuff, running out of days to get those Christmas gifts wrapped. I'm I'm having fun. I have to admit, I'm having a lot of fun this Christmas season. But this whole thing with the wall is bringing me down. It's bringing me down, William. I need I need some assurances because I, I so I see this story over at the Right Scoop, and they're talking about the president just declaring that the U.S. military will build a wall. And that he's got, uh, you know, a, a way around this, this, it's a capitulation really to Congress with McConnell coming out saying we're not shutting down the government. And we're only talking about 13% of the government and they don't even have the stones to do that. Tell us what's going on here. Well, I'll tell you, you know, and a lot of people who are 
still very passionate about President Trump. Um, I don't like to hear this, but I really think it's very important for patriots and American constitutionalists to come to terms with the the facts. And the facts are that a lot of what Trump says he's going to do never happens, and especially on immigration issues. And there is no wall. He didn't end DACA. You know, he sent the military to the border. They're packing up and coming home. He said he was going to have DHS repel the caravans, but most of the caravans have been let in. And it's, uh, you know, we were very hopeful. This is coming from someone who originally endorsed and contributed to and worked for Donald Trump. So anybody out there wants to scream on Never Trumper, just get that out of your mind right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, you know, I think this is the third or fourth, maybe in fifth time, that he's caved on threats to shut down the government over the budget. He said, you know, he, he's cried wolf so many times. He has no credibility with any of the D.C. lawmakers now because he keeps saying that he's willing to shut down the government to get the wall funding and secure the border. But then he caves again and again and again. So when he said at this most recent time, I, I didn't put any stock in it whatsoever because I've already heard him say it three or four times. And, you know, when you've got people in your life that constantly say things and then don't follow through with them, um, you know, there's no reason to do that. Now, it's unfortunate things are like that. I wish things weren't like that. I wish Donald Trump had been more consistent and kept more of his very important campaign promises on immigration. But now that that hasn't happened, I think for us to fight for our country and to do everything we can for America, we have to get real. We have to come to terms with it. We have to try to hold him accountable for it, while at the same time we have to come to terms with it and and acknowledge what is really happening, what's really not happening. Otherwise, anything we may attempt to do to help ourselves or our country is is doomed because we're operating on uh, inaccurate beliefs and information. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... I would normally be like, no, wait a minute now, and and but I can't disagree with you on what you, your your assessment of the situation when it comes to shutting down the government. He has talked a big game and not delivered anything. What about this? Uh, the U.S. military pays for the wall. He he has asked other agencies to find funding. What about that? Well, you know, I'm sitting here looking at my activist response at alipac.us, where we've got people from all across the country, many of which who have been immersing themselves and this issue more intensely than 99% of the people in the country for mm. years. I mean, we've been at this for 14 years now. And they're all saying the same things, that if Trump could have funded the wall with the military or through some other mechanism, why are we? Why is he just now rolling that out uh, in uh, tandem with a third or fourth back down on the budget bill? Um, why didn't he do that his first month in office, his first six months in office, his first year, his first two years? So while we would hope it would be true, and once again, it's something we want to hear, because Trump's real good at throwing the meat out there, says, here's something everybody wants to hear, and then less people hear it when it doesn't happen. You know, they're like, oh, I thought Trump was in birthright citizenship. No, he never did that. He just made a big announcement he was going to do that before the last election, when his polling information probably told him what we've been telling everybody, which is that a certain segment, like it or not, of the conservative base and Trump voters that had energized behind Trump in 2016 were not mobilized in the midterm elections. And immigration and broken promises and unfulfilled promises, however you want to look at it, uh, on immigration are a key part of that. Uh, they, not for necessarily everyone listening out there, but, you know, it was 10 to 25 percent of your base starts um, demoralizing or demobilizing, uh, less likely to volunteer or donate or mm-hmm. come out and vote or stand up for you online or bring other people out. It impacts elections in the ways that we saw the other day when the Democrats, you know, swept 40-something seats. So we've got um, a situation where, you know, Trump shouts these things out, and the latest thing he shouted out is, I'm going to 
find a way to fund it with the military. And I really hope that would be true. But right now, Trump's batting average is um, on what he says he's going to do and what actually happens is pretty low. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about um, your your concern, your primary concern at this point is during the lame duck with this CR coming out from, uh, you know, you got Mitch McConnell saying we're going to we're going to put forward something to fund the government for, you know, this many more months, this agency for that. I mean, it's this little patchwork of garbage that is our new reality, thanks to President Obama never actually passing a budget the entire time he was president. Um, We've got this this possibility of the Democrats sliding in a little bit of their old nasty poison pills of amnesty during the lame duck. Well, I wish it would be the Democrats, uh, but unfortunately, it would probably be Paul Ryan and his crew. Um, right now, the Republican financial core, the Koch brothers, and their front organizations like Americans for Prosperity and Libra Initiative and the Cato Institute are all pressing lawmakers to pass uh, a form of amnesty in the lame duck session. Now, it's looking less likely that's going to happen any, uh, any type of straight up or down vote on a bill. Uh, it could happen. Uh, but it could also be inserted into the continuing resolution. And we have to be very careful here because apparently Paul Ryan has already done a test balloon on this. He's already snuck a form of amnesty for many Irish illegal immigrants into the into this past the House, and it's over in the Senate, which is a real surprise to me and the other immigration hawks because we watched like hawks, and we had no idea. And if we had no idea, that means nobody else in America had any idea that this was being passed out of the House. Immigration, so right now, illegal immigrants on... from Ireland? What? Yeah, that's, that's, that's coming from Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan is, is a pro-amnesty uh, oh, we know, we know, We know that old demon. We know, and we're so glad to see his backside, him heading out of the, the chamber. But what? how yeah. many of them could there be? I mean, that they need their own line item. Are there a lot of illegal immigrants from Ireland here? Well, I... There's, they've got their own lobby, and we're we're not 100% sure exactly why it went down like it did, but it could possibly be a test, a probe, to see if they could do it for a small subsection, and now they're about to do it for 3 to 4 million in the continuing resolution. So Trump doesn't win Tyler, 2020 if that uh, happens. Am, yeah, am well, I right, I mean, William? Well, I've, I've had to fight amnesty several lame duck sessions before, okay? And what happens is the dirty deeds... Uh, in Washington, they know, especially the Republicans know, that not only a majority of Americans don't want amnesty for illegal immigrants, but a supermajority, like 80, 85 percent, maybe even 90 percent in some places in the country, of Republicans don't want any form of amnesty. But they're paymasters, the Koch brothers, the Chamber of Commerce, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, you know, George Soros, Michael Bloomberg, Billionaires Club. They all want amnesty for illegal immigrants. So they're giving, you know, here's all this money, here's all this power, do what we want, not the American public does. And mostly they do what they want, not the American public. Well, one of the things they're thinking about doing, and that we're trying to stop right now, and that we've had to stop before, is they're thinking, okay, we wait to the very last minute, and behind closed doors, we put something in the uh, continuing resolution, buried deep down in several hundred pages that nobody can get to. We pass it. Uh, on a voice vote, without having to count votes, and then we all run home, and somebody finds it days later, maybe weeks later, and it's already been done, and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. This is dirty tricks, and this, this is what they're being pressured to do. This is what they're thinking about doing. And here at Alleypack.us, we have our very loyal American uh, activists making strategic phone calls that you can see in our announcement section today to try to stop that from happening. 
why can't we do that to get what we want? Why can't we slide in an extra billion dollars of wall funding or some kind of um, changes to illegal immigration in the lame duck and get it passed under the dark of night like they do with all this bad stuff? Like, what? why doesn't that trick work in our favor? Well, I really wish it did, but, you know, the, the main thing is we're not able to spend hundreds of millions of dollars each day to have fleets of lobbyists all over these lawmakers uh, waving, uh, you know, vacations and other, you know, lifetime of luxury and, and stardom in their face. We don't have that ability. The American public doesn't have a lobbyist. So, you know, we're we're sort of out, you know, I me mean, personally, it's not just the money. I mean, of course, the price tag has gone way up. But the political parties, you know, I think in America, in Europe, if a politician gets too far out of line with, like, uh, one of their um, political parties in France, they can kick you out of the party. And I think that would be great. I think if the Republican Party should have a thing that says, hey, if we elect somebody like a John McCain or a Lindsey Graham that completely disregards the Republican Party platform, which, you know, people like you and me, we could get involved with the local Republican Party and enough people feel a certain way, we could change the platform. And then somebody gets elected, there's absolutely no reason for them to stick to that platform, and there's nothing we can do to them. Other than some states, you can do a little censure resolution, which has no impact. But I think it'd be really great if we could tell candidate X that, well, you know, we elected you, and you broke faith with the party platform, and you no longer can run under our brand. You know, that would be great. But we don't have any uh, type of controls that like that. Uh, but the the connectivity between we the people. And the American public being able to be in control uh, of our own, uh, you know, national destiny uh, are broken in many, many places. And it's out of control. They're about to jack up the debt to $22 trillion. We have a, what I call the zombie government. Uh, the zombie government of, that rules over us um, basically should have died or stopped existing financially sometime back in the uh, mid-'90s, not long after the Soviet Union folded. Um, but it has continued through uh, crazy loans and printing money and other things like that. The zombie government does all sorts of things that we don't want it to do, like spying on all of us and bombing Syria and, and all sorts of things we can't quite explain, while not doing many important things that we want it to do, like protecting us from toxic products or securing the border or deporting illegal immigrants. You know, it's, it's in, our, our zombie government is spending our money to import dangerous uh, refu- Muslim refugees from different parts of the world while refusing to prevent or export uh, illegal aliens as our current laws and the United States Constitution would require. So we have this zombie government that's sucking up, you know, up to $22 trillion worth of debt over all of us that we seem to have no control over what happens, and neither does the Constitution, which says that all of our states are to be protected from invasion. Right now, Trump has all the money and power he needs to stop illegal immigration and secure that border by invoking Article 4 of the U.S. Constitution, which he swore an oath to, which requires the president to protect all states from invasion. He doesn't have to let these asylum seekers into the country because they're obviously not qualified, and that's and it's actually against the law for them to uh, claim asylum inside our own country. Uh, but, you know, there's a big difference between what Trump says and what actually happens, and when you look at the United States government, the executive branch of the U.S. government under Bush, Obama, and now Trump seems to be not really working in the best interest of the American public. Oh, it's a really depressing thought that Donald Trump, who, you know, he really energized the country on immigration, that he doesn't have the, the stones to get it done. 
Um, well, and, I, think, and I, w- I think an important, important thing that's starting to happen now is, is Trump took control of our anti-illegal immigration movement. He took the helm of it. He, he, he jumped in front of the parade. Remember in the end of Animal House when the guy jumps out and, and takes control of the parade? Trump did that. He, he got in, in front of the parade that was our movement and the Tea Party movement and took it to a new level, but then, you know, hasn't followed through. We need a candidate. We need a president that is going to make these promises, that is going to say these things, and then actually do it. Mean it. Believe it. Not say it as, as strategery or 4D chess or whatever people want to lay it on. We need somebody out there that's amongst the many people that believe, like I do, the Constitution and the laws matter. Um, otherwise, our elections don't matter. And then they believe that with their every fiber of their being, they can somehow get elected because, you know, it is disappointing. But we have to get real. Trump has not done a lot of the things that he said he was going to do. And I promised everyone, you know, I took a lot of flack when I endorsed him. I lost, actually, I lost about a third of my organization's donors when I endorsed Trump. Um, Whoa. People who are, yeah. I got some rather interesting uh, emails from Christians uh, using uh, some language that I don't usually receive in Christian whoa, emails. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> a lot whoa. of them were uh, uh, Ted Cruz people, and a lot of them, their instincts and other things, they just didn't trust him, you know. And I told everybody, I said, you know, uh, I'm back in Trump because he has mimicked our platform. He has imitated the things that I've been saying for years so much. Yeah, but William, who, it, who, who's know, the next person? That that's I get what you're saying, and I I hate it because we a lot of us put our our our, our trust here. But who is the person who gets that done? He's the wiliest beast in the pack, and if he can't do it, I can't see Ted Cruz doing it. I can't see. Well, until uh, you know, somebody tells me somebody better, I'm just. And this is not the organization statement because people in Alley Pack, you know and believe what they want. And we're, we're, I can tell you, we're probably not going to be endorsing another presidential candidate for a couple of, of decades. We'll probably stick to endorsing uh, people for Congress and Senate. But i tell you one name I, I, I love to throw around just for me personally speaking, and I'd love to see Ann Coulter run for president. Ah, that's my girl, my sister from another mister. William Gein, thank you so much for being here. Americans for Legal Immigration. Talk to you again soon. Merry Christmas. We'll be back with more tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless you from the heartland, citizens. Until then. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of Urban Family Talk, Urban Family Communications, or American Family Association. Urban Family Talk. Urban Family Talk. You only want to donate to biblically sound organizations. So as a federal or state employee, why not choose the American 